Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Right now, the jury for the Barton Jail Inquest has made 62 recommendations on how to transform that facility. Uh, there was some very troubling information that came out uh, through the course of this uh, hearing over the last number of days and weeks. Sarah Kane, CHML reporter, of course, was there. Uh, joins us here in studio. Good to have you here. Thanks for jumping in here today. Thanks for having me, Bill. This had to be troubling, and I, I know, you know we talked with folks like yourself, or and uh, you know when Alex Pearson was covering the Bosma trial for us, and, and you always do such an outstanding job, of course, of reporting things. But boy, this has got to wear on you too. You the, the, some of the stuff that came out of here is is beyond troubling. Yeah, it's six weeks of testimony in this case. Sometimes with the coroner's inquest, it'll be just about a, a week. But this was eight deaths that they were looking at, and within the detention center setting. So definitely some troubling, eye-opening evidence came forward uh, before the jury that had to make these recommendations. Now, the deaths obviously were the the, the catalyst. This is why they decided to call this. But, I mean, that seemed to be, and I don't mean to to belittle that aspect of it, I mean, because this this was terrible. You know, eight people lost their lives. But the the thing that seemed to come out of here was the rampant use of of illegal substances, illegal drugs in there. And the question I got as you were doing the reporting, more often than not, the people that were responding to your reports on social media, this is a jail. How do they get this stuff in here? Yeah, and, and apparently it happens all the time. It does, yeah. From the evidence that we we had heard, and and from correctional officers and uh, various people from the jail and healthcare, they had all weighed in on the different ways that they kind of have knowledge of how it may get in. At one point, uh, it was getting tossed over the wall, so they had to put netting up so that they could kind of catch things that were going to and fro. Uh, we've heard that uh, you know volunteers, people that come in. Uh, to even lawyers, someone suggested. I mean, different people that come into the jail and they're not screened on the way in. So there's there's different ways that they're getting this in. And in some instances, we're even hearing that, you know, there were inmates that were coming in for a short stint just to be that person to bring those drugs in. So that was a mule. That in other mule. words, they, they'd get yeah. arrested so they could bring their, their stash right. in and then finish their time and do... Uh, it's it's frightening, and and I guess and I know you mentioned this in a couple of the reports. As you mentioned, the authorities know they know this is happening, uh, yeah. and they even to extent know the methodology the methodology rather that's being used here, but they don't seem to be able to stop it. Yeah, they the, the one witness who had come forward, uh, Michael Ducheneau, he he's a sergeant at the jail and does a lot of the policy work, a lot of overseeing of different staff, and he had said that this is really just a chess game and that. Many of these inmates are just a step ahead, and no matter what technology they put in place, they now have an x-ray body scanner for a full body scanning that they didn't have back when these deaths happened. He said even with that, I mean, they're always looking at, at to find ways to get around that. And, of course, if they are hiding these drugs inside their body, they're not allowed to do cavity searches. So even if that comes to their attention, it's a matter of putting them in a dry cell where there's no running water and seeing if they can retrieve that package of drugs. I'm going to ask, get into the staffing issue, if you could, Sarah, because I know when I've talked to people that have worked there, and it's not just to do with this inquest, but over the last number of years, uh, invariably they talk about the, the pressure that's on staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an easy job, obviously, to work in a facility like that uh, because of the, the, the people that you're working with and the people that you're looking after. Uh, but they talk about staffing issues and numbers, and they say there's not enough staff, that, that management doesn't seem to understand. Did that come out at all during this inquest? Repeatedly. This was one of the biggest themes was staffing and resources, that there's many things we would like to do, but we don't have the means to do them. And certainly in different situations where they're in a lockdown or there's a labor disruption, I mean, those are all factors as well. One of the changes that actually 
kind of came out during the inquest that is also ensconced in these recommendations is that they have an institutional security team that would actually try and track drugs uh, within the jail in cells, specifically. uh, definitely after an overdose was uh, one of the, the key points. But they said that they would be bringing those people from their already, the staff that they have, the complement of staff that they have, and they have a staffing issue. So, I mean, it's great that they're putting that forward, but that would take away from some of the rounds and the things that they already have to do. I mean, nursing was another one. Just in recent years, they got uh, 24-hour coverage with nurses. They didn't have overnight nurses before, and some of these overdoses were happening obviously, throughout the night. Sure. So a big issue. And, and of course, the staff that are there are, are not equipped, nor should they be handling that. Yeah, and that was definitely another thing that that came up was uh, in the case of Marty Tycholes, he had come back from hospital after receiving naloxone for an overdose, got checked out at the hospital, and then was sent back. And at that point, there, there was no nursing staff overnight. So it was up to the correctional staff to try and gauge what the circumstances were, try to monitor him. And there was actually a period of 50 minutes where no monitoring happened at all. A nurse came in in the morning, uh, noticed that uh, his blood pressure, some of his vitals, everything was low, but that he was responsive and carried on. And then the next time that people checked in, unfortunately, that at that point, it, it was too late. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.